0: one of the other things we talked about was international students and uh, our own immigration minister, Mark Miller, who's been on the show a couple of times. We've got a rather fulsome conversation about immigration and in and around international students. Uh, he, as you know, recently said that uh, immigration has gotten out of control, particularly around uh, study permits and students. Uh, this all is coming, of course, after the U.S., uh, sorry, U.K. and Australia announced that they're going to be uh, pulling back from some of their uh, immigration numbers as well. Uh, I played this during the 4, four to 430 block. I want you to listen to this uh, this comment from Australia's Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill. Uh, I want to replay this for you because it's very refreshing in regards to acknowledging the challenge. And in Australia, as we said in December, they announced that uh, They'll be having their net migration within two years uh, to slash the annual intake from 510,000 people uh, emigrating to Australia. They'll be imposing tougher tests on overseas students and turning away workers with low skills as well. Take a listen to Australian Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill on migration
1: our migration system is really constructed back the front at the moment. And what I mean by that is it is very hard today to come to Australia as a really highly skilled permanent migrant. And these are just the migrants we need, but we place endless bureaucracy and wait times and cost in their path what we have also done at that at that same time what really is you know happened under the previous government is these side doors and back doors have been left open so very large numbers of people are coming into our country they are settling into low skill jobs in the labor market and they are highly vulnerable to exploitation now, what we are trying to do is flip that. We are trying to make sure that we create easier pathways for those um, migrants who are going to come here, build the productivity of our country, grow jobs, um, build businesses, and lift the productivity of those around them, while at the same time we address what are really problematic integrity issues at the moment in the system. And the biggest pathway that that's occurring at, um, at the moment in is through our international student system.
0: Uh, that was Claire O'Neill. Uh, Home Affairs Minister uh, for Australia, acknowledging some of the challenges in that country. Joining me now to talk a little bit about international students is Dr. Dale McCartney, professor at the University of the Fraser Valley, who studies international student policy. Uh, Dr. McCartney, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thanks very much for having me.
0: Uh, My question, I guess, uh, and I've been looking at this issue over the last two or three months quite extensively, why have we got ourselves in this predicament?
2: I mean, I think that question, I'm mean, going I'm sure, you know, there are multiple parts to answering that question. But I think the core of the question is about the way in which we've reorganized the funding of post-secondary education and the way in which the government has placed an emphasis on institutions finding alternate funds, primarily through recruiting international students.
0: Uh, and so that would be a provincial uh, matter at the end of the day, but provinces decide post-secondary uh, in, uh, education. And this has been going on for how long in, in your
2: mind? Well, it is it is a provincial matter, but it's also a federal matter. Like it isn't it's a result of the changing way that the federal government has sent funds to the provinces, really since the 1980s. I mean, the root of the of the economic component of this is in the 1970s and 80s, but it really accelerated about I don't know, 15 years ago or so. When the federal government began to actively support people recruiting international students so like in 2008 they created an international brand to recruit international students called edu canada and since then they've crafted policies and systems to allow institutions and provinces to recruit international students and, in much greater numbers um and particularly the you know, the, the, I think the current explosion of international students has come about as a result of a program called the Student Direct Stream, which allows students to um, enter Canada, to get a study from it much more easily if they can prove some basic requirements. And then, of course, they, if they can pay into this, you know, if they can show enough funds, this $10,000 number that changed in December to $21,000, this is the Student Direct Stream. That's where, you know, so the federal government is a, is largely responsible for Uh, setting this up as
0: well. Uh, I've been based in two countries uh, when I worked in television news, uh, Bureau Chief Mm -hmm. in India and then Bureau Chief in China. Uh, And I've always amazed at how many times I've run into uh, BC officials or other Canadian officials working for our education system, uh, out Mm -hmm. recruiting students in India Mm -hmm. and in China. So in many ways, what you said, I got to see firsthand in both of those nations. Uh, But when you look at the numbers in regards to what international students pay to be educated in this country, particularly at our college system, Uh, public college system and our private college system if we are to put a cap on these students as the um, federal immigration minister mark miller is now hinting at in doing so what impact could this have on the very system if they're so if we're so reliant on these students to basically keep the system afloat and then all of a sudden we start cutting these numbers what's going to happen
2: yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it's. I think it is, as you're suggesting, it's going to be, have a huge effect on the system. It's particularly going to have an effect on colleges um, and smaller universities. Because, of course, no matter what the cap is or how they decide to set it, the bigger universities will be attractive to and will get however many international students they want to attract. The part of the, the system that's really, that's sort of newly dependent on international students is the college and smaller university sector. And... Um, absolutely, this like putting a cap on it is definitely going to disproportionately affect them. What the cap looks like is a huge question here, though. Like how they decide this cap, how they're going to implement it, who it's going to affect. I think that those questions do matter. Like it is, it's, I can conceive of some sort of, int, uh, you know, entry into this policy system that didn't harm or that wasn't as, didn't have as negative an effect on the system. But it probably would include replacement public funds to make up for the funds lost by losing out on international students. Because, yeah, the, the effect on the smaller institutions is going to be huge. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, and so this is not something that can be done in a year. I and mean, people think uh, when, when somebody says there's going to be a cap and the public may assume, all right, we cut it by 25%. The number I've just pulled out of the year. Yeah. But you just couldn't do this in a year, could you? I mean, that would – right there, even a 25% cap would – impact the bottom line of public and private colleges to to the point of bankruptcy in some cases
2: yeah absolutely it would definitely it's a great point it would have a huge impact on private colleges too that's absolutely true but it would it would be devastating for the public system particularly in ontario and bc Um, it would be devastating for the public system and i don't think you could do it in a year there's also just a question of like how this is implemented that's so unclear because as, as you pointed out a minute ago the provincial government is usually responsible for governing post-secondary institutions. And the federal government is talking about a cap. It's very unclear how the federal government is going to de- determine who gets these. So all of this is really like when Minister Miller talks about that, it's very unclear what this would actually look like or what the timeline for this would be or how it would play out, given it's going to have huge effects on, the, on those smaller institutions.
0: Do you think this is the right thing to do?
2: I definitely think that there need to be reforms to the the um, system. I think not least because it's, it's interrupting, I think, educational, the educational elements of this in some ways, and it's putting international students at real risk and, and making them really vulnerable. I don't think a cap is a great idea because I just don't think the government has, a, has shown any ability to do this in a way that would be elegant and, and effective enough that it would actually, you know, that it wouldn't harm institutions. But I definitely think we should have a conversation about what this could look like and and about trying to make this system better. And I think to serve our interests, but also especially the interests of students better.
0: Yeah. Um, The longer term solution, though, in your mind is still going to have to be the federal government leading here and our our public institutions, particularly our, our provincial governments, really looking at a new way, a new funding formula for our yeah. public institutions because that at its core, the, the core problem still remains, which is a reliance on foreign dollars, foreign students to, yeah. uh, to to underpin the system. And that's that's our problem, our structural problem.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. There's no way that we could have a serious conversation about this unless it included um, – reorganizing funding so that institutions could survive the decline in numbers. Yeah. Because those institutions serve a huge role. Like they, they are really important to our communities, particularly as opportunities for less affluent Canadians to get better jobs, to grow their skills, to be, to build the economy in the ways that we often talk about higher ed doing. Those institutions do a good job of that. And they, yeah, we'd have to fund them better.
0: Dr. McCartney really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Have yourself a wonderful weekend.
2: Thank you very much for having me, and you too.